say with Tamika, thank you guys so much for joining me for yet another episode of Tuesday with Tamika, where every day, every week, we are lifting as we climb. We are turning our trials into treasures. We are living a life to inspire and not impress. And we are allowing God to fully restore us. And I just want you guys to know that your story matters. Your story matters. Everything that you went through, everything that happened to you or for you was for a purpose. We serve a God that nothing, absolutely nothing is wasted. I believe my guest that we have on today, she is truly gonna explain the power of sharing our story and how when we share our testimony and our story to others, it encourages them to heal because that's what we're all about on Tuesday with Tamika, healing, elevation, and restoration. Before we jump too deeply into the podcast, my name is Tamika Thomas and I am your inner healing coach. And I know that I know that I know that God has put me on this planet to help people heal. So won't you join us in this healing journey as I bring in another great guest that's going to open up those doors to healing. Hey sis, you have a minute? Hey sis, hey, sis you got a minute? Hey sis, you got a minute? Hey sis, you got a minute? Hey sis, you got a minute? Hello, yes I do. Thank you for inviting me here. I'm, um, I'm so excited for you to be here, Stephanie. Tell the audience a little bit more about you. Well, I'm Stephanie Jane. I am an author, singer, and a public speaker. My goal in life is to share my hope and healing through Jesus with as many people as possible. I'm a survivor of child sexual abuse and rape. Um, and going through that healing with the Lord, I was really drawn into advocacy. I became a trained advocate here in the state of Texas. And that slowly led me into ministry full time where I run Sharing Hope and Healing. I partner with 10 different organizations throughout the country who also have the same mission as I do. And I know firsthand what it's like to walk healing through with God. And I am no different than any other woman. The only thing I've ever done is said, yes, I believe your word. And I believe everything that's in that word. And God teach me how to live my life that way. Mm. So that's what I'm here to share with the world. Oh my gosh, Stephanie, I literally have chills because that's what it's all about, right? There's a scripture in the Bible that says we are written in epistles read by men. And you have literally taken that scripture and not only shared your story to whoever you are blessed to listen, but you've also written a story about your survival. The Bible calls us more than conquerors. Let's back up a little bit because I love our end story, but it's that through part. It's that middle part, that beginning, those rough patches. That's really hard. And I know that there's somebody listening that may be going through that or they haven't healed that childhood trauma. So talk to us a little bit about your story. Let's unpack some of that. All right. Well, a little bit of my, my background. <clears throat> I was raised in a very abusive family. Literally everybody was abusive um, mm -hmm. other than two grandmas. Um, 
I lived constantly in fear because I was afraid of what it would look like to get in trouble. So everything I did every day was a constant battle. Am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing this? Um, so I'd often go hide and I learned writing was my escape in third grade. And I really just started to fall in love with writing life out with God. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, with God's help, I was able to go through some very dangerous places. Um, I chose to, as a teenager, hang out with the wrong people, go with the wrong crowd. I discovered very young that if you actually hung out with the bad crowd, you would be safer. <laughs> as weird as that is, I learned that. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> it is the truth. So um, I really hung out with the wrong crowd because of safety purposes. Um, but, you know, for me, it wasn't that I didn't know about Jesus. I always knew about Jesus. I, you know, I did grow up in church. But I didn't take John 3.16 very personal. Mm. It was the world. Yep, yeah. he did that for the world. He didn't do that for Stephanie. Um, and growing up with a father and a stepfather who were both abusive um, and living in the fear that I lived in, I really thought that God's authority and his discipline looked like my father and stepfather. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, growing up, knowing that we needed to be obedient, I was afraid of God. Right. I wasn't ready to come running into his arms and being like, oh, cover me with your love. And, you know, that wasn't a thing. But God called me to his word at a very young age. I was 13 years old when I read the Bible cover to cover. I wow. knew when I was finished with the Bible that I needed to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. So I prayed on October 23rd, 1991 to receive Jesus Christ. And no matter what my situations look like as a teenager, I still opened my Bible. Mm. I am living proof that it doesn't matter what your surrounding looks like. As long as you're willing to turn to God and ask God for direction, maybe from the outside world, that drug house didn't really look like a place where you should call out to God. But in my opinion, that's the best place to call out mm. to God. You know, it's wonderful to talk about how we need to come to him in a family situation, but it's really important to come to him when we're on the street and we're doing things that really aren't in line with God's living. And so God gave me a desire in my heart to read my Bible, and I would do that. I, I like to joke now. He knew he had a lot of sanctifying to do with me. So he, <laughs> so he put a lot of words in there, huh? <laughs> he had to like, I got to get her young. <laughs> I got a lot of work on this one. <laughs> Isn't that the truth about so many? And I love your transparency because I feel the same way. You know, I was raised in church, but I wasn't the church. I wasn't, mm -hmm. I wasn't being the church. Um, I knew how to do all the church stuff, mm -hmm. uh, but same, you know, I had like, um, 
a fear and a reverence for God. I was the friend, and I don't even think I've ever shared this on the podcast, but I was the friend when I would go get high and I would go get drunk. I would tell everybody, let's pray. So I would call like a prayer circle and everyone's like, you're messing up our high. (laughs) But I just knew that God was always with me. I couldn't quite understand it in my young mind even in the abuse that I suffered, I knew that God was there. There was moments that he felt very, very distant, but I just, I I don't know how I know. And I think that this goes back to the scripture. Many are called, but few are chosen, right? And some of the chosen ones, we have like these serious dark nights of the soul where Mm -hmm. we go through some really hard times. And I am one that I'm constantly like, look, God, I ain't got to have no more testimonies, no more testimonies. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I love how you talked about (laughs) writing became your escape. Mm -hmm. So even as a young girl, did Mm -hmm. you write like your, how, how did that, how did writing become such an integral part of your healing? I actually had a counselor who I refused to talk to. (laughs) He said, if you won't talk to me, go home and write. And nobody's going to read this. Just go write. You got to get this stuff out. I was in third grade then. Mm. And um, I didn't know what that looked like. So I just started with Dear God. Mm, Wow. Dear God, there you go. And I just started writing. And what I noticed was I was able to write whatever was just flowing through and then when I was done I could reread what I just wrote and things kind of fell in place for me wow. and it was a neat it was neat to be able to see that process because I wouldn't necessarily understand how the beginning and the end even came together until I went back and read it um, so it gave me a lot of insight as far as what 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 I was going through and then as I got a little older, because third grade's pretty young, <laughs> as I got a little older, <laughs> I fell in love with words, and it was just the coolest thing. Like my dad was a um, professional drummer, so I was around all kinds of musicians, so that whole world was easy. Everybody could write lyrics, and it was no big deal, so I ended up at a very young age just finding the fun in the rhythms of words, the flow mm-hmm. of words, and being able to put rhyming words in. And it, you know, it became like a big word puzzle. So it would, it just, it would excite me being able to see all of that come together. And it was just done so beautifully. Um, although most of my writing in my junior high and high school years, they were very dark. <laughs> very, very dark. <laughs> I actually don't have any of that writing anymore. It's gone. (laughs) You know, that's funny. It makes me think of, so I have eight children and three biological children. And then me and my husband together, we're a blended family. And my Mm -hmm. oldest son, middle school, right? That junior high year, I remember going into their room, cleaning, right? I'm doing air Mm -hmm. quotes, y'all. But I was Mm -hmm. looking for something because his behavior had changed and he had a notebook. Because from mm-hmm. a very young age, writing was very, like, some, it was just magical to me. And so I would teach my boys, if they didn't mm-hmm. want to talk, I bought them journals, and then they could go write in their journals. So I remember snooping in my boy's room, and he had his notebook, and I'm like, huh, 
don't try this at home, folks. I'm not <laughs> recommending us breaching the privacy of our children, but I did it. And I remember him writing. It was dark. I was like, oh my God. Oh, you know, so I'm sitting there with his journal now, because now I have to confess that I've breached, this guy, you know, his privacy. And <laughs> I remember him saying like, and I'm like, Elijah, what is this? And what's going on? And cause it was talking about drug use and all this stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Like mom, that's a rap song. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> so I'm I think from the heart, <laughs> I'm just trying to get the lyrics down. Right? <laughs> so I share and now we know you're a snoop mom. Right. <laughs> so completely backfired, completely backfired on me. So I, I think we've all gone through those times, you know, now, nowadays the kids call it those emo periods where just mm -hmm. the emotions mm -hmm. are very dark and they are, which I feel like emotions are, they don't have to be dark, but we're taught right. that if you're sad or if you're angry, that it's mm -hmm. wrong. So right. it sounds like you were just trying to dump because if you didn't put it out on your paper, it would be left on your heart in your head. And then you would probably engage in some very negative behaviors. Right. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. past middle school, high school, and mm -hmm. as you really dedicate your life to God, mm -hmm. how did you really start to heal some of that childhood stuff that maybe were secrets that nobody knew about or nobody believed you? Well, my husband and I met at 19 years old wow. and yes. Um, so he's a big player in my healing. Um, and then when we got pregnant with my daughter at 21, I knew I wasn't taught how to be a good mom at home. Mm. And I really looked in the word and said, I need to not only read this, which I had been doing for many, many years, I really need to live this. How do I breathe life into somebody? How do I get away from the negative thought pattern? How do I get away from being short and angry? And, you know, all of those things were not supposed to be. Um, I was very foolish in a lot of ways. It's um, how did God want me mm. to live life? It really made me for the first time being pregnant with my daughter made me want to say, well, how do you really want me to do this God? Because mm. now it's no longer about me. I now know I'm impacting her and I didn't want to impact my daughter in a negative way because of what happened to me. I knew I needed to figure out how to heal and move on and be the person that God wanted me to be. Um, so I am, I mean, their counselors are wonderful. And I think everybody needs to go to a counselor at some <laughs> point in time. But Jesus is the great counselor. Yes. He and is. we can go to him every single day and we can say, I don't know what today's going to look like. But I know that I have a problem with taking every thought captive. Can you just give me a little warning before I even have that thought? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, that 
you know, people often say there's no book for this or there's no book for that, right? Like, so mm -hmm. there's no book on how to be a wife or there's no book of how to be a good mother, but that's not the truth because the Bible literally is our mm -hmm. guide if we decide and if we choose to take it as its word, you know, I think so often we just kind of read it as like another story, another book. But when right. we, what you did is not only did you read it, but you applied it. You were asking God, like, show me how to apply this to my life. Literally changed your life. Julie, this conversation is so, so good. I want to take a quick commercial break and just invite the listeners over to TuesdayWithTamika.com and grab your free seven-day gratitude journal. You guys, everything that we're talking about on this episode is infused in that journal. Giving God your fir the first part of your morning and just thanking him for opening up your eyes and waking it up. And then also writing to him in the evening, I love that Julie said, dear God, start it that way. For those of you that are not good journalers or you feel like you can't do it, do like third grade Julie did and just start with dear God. Go on over to TuesdayWithTamika.com and grab your free seven-day gratitude journal. All right, Julie. So it's Stephanie. Stephanie. Who did I just say Julie? Oh my gosh. You know, I just... Great part. <laughs> That's okay, but I'm going to correct you. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. Thank you for doing And you know what? Your listeners I are going to be looking for my book later and they're going to be like, I cannot find Julie. I on cannot here. find Julie. And you but know why? Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? I'm glad you corrected me because I bet you there were many years that you got called stuff, you got told stuff, and you didn't have the strength to correct people. So oh, yeah. you were living as an advocate. You're, yes. You literally just did what you probably tell a mm -hmm. lot of people that you advocate for. Correct people when they're doing stuff to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love you gotta make that. some choices. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that. Thank you for that. Speaking mm -hmm. of your book. Yes. I, I wanna jump into... Yes. this book of yours tell have me it here oh, isn't it pretty oh it's beautiful I love yes. it walk us through when did you start writing and just kind of the concept of this book Stephanie so God has such a sense of humor I love it I, I love the word I love doing bible studies I'm not a big Devo fan I know that people love their Devos <laughs> they love their Devos well, um, about the time that my daughter got pregnant with my granddaughter, um, I had a lot of issues I was going through at that point in time. And God just kept saying, fear not, fear not, fear not. And I kept hearing, you know how God just highlights things when he wants you to go down a certain road? Yes. Over and over and over again, I hear that there's more than 365 fear not verses. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start looking for those. Wow. And so my dining room table for, I don't know how many months, <laughs> <laughs> I had papers everywhere of just Bible verses. Wow. And um, I located probably about 420 verses that I would consider. Um, and some of those are like, 
lean not on your own understanding type verses. Mm -hmm. um, so after I located all these verses, God said, I want you to put those now in subject. Wow. Okay, sure. <laughs> after I did that, he says, that's great. Now I want you to put them in order. Wow. Uh, 365. And you probably need to leave some in the beginning, middle, and end that are going to get thrown away. So maybe 400 is a good number to go with. Okay, God. Let, what, let, what is your family doing when you have all these? We're not eating at the dining room table. <laughs> 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 and I keep a very clean house, so it's pretty funny. <laughs> The dining room table was such a mess for so long. <laughs> now we have an office. <laughs> I'm upgraded. They got me out of the dining room. <laughs> I love it. But, you know, I, I get everything in order, and I'm like, what do you want me to do with this, Lord? Mm. He's like, start writing. I said, what do you mean, start writing? He says, you're writing a Devo. I said, but I don't like Devo. He's like, well, I don't really care what you like. You're going to write one and you're going to like it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going to write a Devo. So I wrote a Devo. Wow. It took me years to write this Devo. There is so much rich theology behind Fear Not. Mm. And I've learned so much from my own experience. My testimony goes so along with Fear Not. Mm. Because I lived in such fear, I have had to face fear time and time again mm. with the Lord. And for some people, some of these fears of mine might have been a little strange for them. They were fears I had to walk, work my way through. When I got finished with the book, I was holding the book in my hand and I said, God, now I'd really like to get to the bottom of this fear thing. Seven years studying and I still have to face fears. This is kind of annoying. <laughs> I like a resolve like let me get to the bottom of this and he said Stephanie Jane you live in a you live in a fallen world mm. as long as you live in a fallen world you're going to have to face your fears because mm. fear has to do with sin and you live in a sinful world so yeah. I promise you that if you keep facing your fears with me Jesus then I will help walk you through that so you can be courageous. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> so that's what I do. Um, and I, you know, in my ministry, I'm an advocate for sexual assault survivors. I um, partner with Alive at Last. We minister to women who've been sexually exploited in the DFW. We go into safe houses throughout the area. And we do Bible studies and mentorship programs for these mm. women. To help teach them how to live free. Because some of these girls have no idea. They've been trafficked for years. Mm -hmm. They have no idea how to live without their pimps, literally. Mm -hmm. So we come alongside them and teach them life and love on them in a beautiful way. And so I get to share what God has taught me through this book with that population. And it just I know it would be a wonderful thing to sell out a giant church, but at the end of the day, God told me to bring my light into the darkness. Mm -hmm. 
And I really can't think of a darker subject. And there's not a whole lot of people courageous enough to go in there and just to listen to the story and just not get offended by their story and just love them where they are. Because Mm -hmm. I know what it's like to be there. And I also know that you can be somewhere else 25 years later. And it might take 25 years. (laughs) (laughs) Some of us go the scenic route, huh? (laughs) That's right. You know, like I said, God had to start young on me. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I mean, this really, really collates with our opening quote of nothing's wasted. You are a living example of how all the hell really that you went through in your childhood and probably young adulthood and teenage years has gotten you to this point where you now get to serve women that were just like you 25 years ago. And uh, I just, as you were talking the scripture, uh, Joshua one and nine, be strong and courageous. I just kept hearing that in my spirit because you are truly a warrior. You are out here doing God's real work. I, I hear you. I feel you. I see you. You know, I often think because I'm also an author, I always think like, God, how come I haven't gotten put on the big stage yet? And it's mm-hmm. because I am called to the gutter, you know, and, and that's just what it is. And I'm okay yeah. with that. I yeah. am so okay with that. So yeah. Julie yeah. and Stephanie, Steph, who is Julie? Who's Julie? I don't know. <laughs> I've never been called that name before. <laughs> the new one. Stephanie. Where do we find you? I want to put all of your information in the show notes. Yeah. I got to get a cup. I'm a, I'm a devotional girl. I oh, awesome. One of those. <laughs> so it, I'm getting. God did good. God did good with it. And I'm I'm listening to this. I, this is like perfect timing because I'm listening to this book. And this girl did a hundred days of a fear challenge where she like conquered her fear, but it's on the secular, you know, side. Mm-hmm. I would love to partner with you and get some of those books in my hand. Also, oh, yeah. so I can send them out to my listeners. So I want Stephanie to tell us all of her information. So you guys can go follow her, go purchase her book, all that good stuff. But the first person that emails me at Tuesday with Tamika at gmail.com, you are going to get a free copy of her book. I'm going to send it to you. She's mm-hmm. going to autograph it and we're going to get it to you. So awesome. where can we find you, Stephanie? You can find me at www.stephanie, spelled S-T-E-F as in Frank, A-N-I-E-J-A-N-E.com, stephaniejane.com. On there, you can find my, um, you can listen to my music on there. You can find the link to where to purchase my book, my book, Fear Not for Your Redeemed, is on Amazon also. Mm-hmm. And um, if you go onto my website, you can uh, sign up on my newsletter and be in the loop of what I'm doing because I'm always in the area sharing my testimony. So if you want to hear what God's doing in the DFW to bring light into the darkness, go to stephaniejane.com and check out what I'm doing. Awesome. We will have all of her information in the show notes. Gosh, this is so, this has been so good. Um, I didn't even know that I was going to laugh that much, but that's what happens when like souls connect, right? Amen. Amen. It's really like coffee and conversation with good friends. 
Stephanie, continue to do God's work, continue to lift as you climb, continue to turn those trials into treasures and continue to allow God to restore all of you. Your work is so appreciated. It is so appreciated. And I have a surprise for you because I heard you when you said you gave your life to the Lord, October 23rd. So mm -hmm. this episode is airing October 25th, two days after your spiritual birthday. We're going to celebrate with you. Awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> Sweet. Yes. So make sure you that. guys go over to Stephanie's well, website, listen to her music, get the book, and a very special listener will be getting a copy of her book. I know that there's somebody that's listening to this episode that's like, you know what? This episode was for me. Do not wait. You do not have to stay in that dark place. It is so much better in the light. God is literally waiting for you. He does not care about the bruises, the tattered heart, the, the, way, the way he literally wants you to come as you are. The church has got it twisted when they thought that meant with clothes. It meant with mm -hmm. heart posture, with your emotions and with your feelings. Come as you are and God's going to do the cleaning up. I love you guys until next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.